On part two of this week's Good, Bad, and Watchable, we talk about Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar, and do our favorite segment of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable. There are not many movies discussed in the Good, Bad, and Watchable segment this week. Turns out being an adult means you have to actually work. No one told us that growing up. Terrible. What are you doing? Oh, I was just playing with this lamp. Oh. <laughs> I'm Star. Short for Starbra. I assume yours is Barbara. Nope. Just Barb. Plain old Barb. I want to thank Barb and Star for hosting tonight's Talking Club. And for making their hot dog soup. I like the salt. I like the hot dog. It's not as runny as it usually is. Let's move on now. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I said the title incorrectly before. Uh... <laughs> the story of best friends Barb and Star who leave their small Midwestern town for the first time to go on vacation in Vista Del Mar, Florida, where they soon find themselves tangled up in adventure, love, and a villain's evil plot to kill everyone in town. Fellas, I didn't see it. What'd you think? <laughs> uh, I'll talk about it. Barb and Star. I'll go with my spoiler-free review. Guys, we know me. I will... Judge a movie immediately on its trailer. I saw the first blip of this and I go, I cannot wait to not watch this movie. This looks terrible. There's no way I'm going to watch this movie. Then it gets released. The initial reviews are stellar. I'm shocked. So I go, fine. I'll give this one a whirl. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. I liked it. I laughed a lot more than I thought I would. The visuals, the color palette, bright, vibrant. I do think that the what initially turned me off was the Midwest mom character accent deal. I was like, this character's played out. Like, we don't really need this. I thought they worked well together. I thought it was funny. They did. They had these little jokes going on throughout the whole movie. Uh, like the, the talking club, their dream jobs working at like a furniture store. Like it was, it was silly. It was funny. It was lighthearted, bright, vibrant colors. Um, odd ancillary characters that like got good laughs out of me, like characters that showed up for like two minutes or less. They're hilarious. Like, it was, it was good. And, um, Someone chimed. It was like, um, who's the guy playing piano? Well, you know, what oh, I'm talking about? dude. Yes, Charlie. Uh, something. I don't know, but th- this guy apparently he's popular with the older generation or something. So he's well known. His stuff is like vacation songs. Like I don't want to say it in the beginning, but he was doing some funny, funny stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, like the uh, yeah. Boyle knows what I'm talking about, but like you know, yeah. This just all like the little jokes that they put together. I mean, I heard this on another podcast as well. They're like, this definitely looks like um, a Saturday Night Live skit that had success, and they decided to make it into a movie. Movie, and it's shockingly not. But like that's how it played out. And it, and you know what? It's good. It's like I I liked MacGruber too. Like sometimes these like silly, ridiculous humor movies work. This one worked. I mean, I liked it. It's one of those where I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it again. But I would if it was like on TV or something and I'm like cooking dinner. I'd throw it on. It's funny. 
It's funny. I like it. Boy, what say you? It's going to be so hard to do this without having spoilers. Um, and without, especially because I, I don't want to give things away to Rojas because Nick, you have to watch this movie. Um, I was expecting trash. I mean, when I first saw the, the trailer for this, I um, was very uh, hesitant. You know, I was like, oh, okay. So I, I liked the trailer. I giggled a little bit. I'm like, but this, you know, as Adam McCain, Will Ferrell always do, it's either a hit or a miss. And I feel like most movies we've seen recently, I don't know. I should actually look at the filmography before I say this, but haven't been great like that I wasn't impressed with, you know, or maybe was just mildly funny. And this was the first movie in a while, like besides maybe Palm Springs that like I thought was a good comedy. I mean, it really, don't get me wrong. There are some bad things in here. Um, I mean, when you have, um, oh my God, what's his name? Sorry. I'm trying to like look people's name up. I probably should have had this all organized. Before. I will there was like, yeah. A, yeah, the there was a couple. Oh yeah, you go, you go. No, yeah. Um, oh, right here, Jamie Dornan, Fifty Shades, Greg guy. So he was great when he, he was great, and there I was just believe there was. <laughs> I I I really couldn't believe it either. And there was one scene where he just does a song that's a little too long, and I was like, I that, that was, was like my <laughs> But it was still hilarious, and that's my thing is that there were so many things in here that was funny, and then you'd be like is this too long? But then you're like, no, because it's Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. And that's what they do. They want to run that joke, that joke out. And it's the, that's what I loved about the bicker between Barb and stars. They're like, even though it's quick dialogue, you're laughing and then you miss a lot of the jokes. So unlike you, Mark, I actually want to go back and rewatch this again because I laughed the whole time. I, there wasn't a point in this movie. I didn't enjoy. I was like, this is fantastic. And only because of uh, the the fast and witty comedy of you know of Christy Wit of Christy <laughs> of Kristen Wig and Annie Malomo. I mean, they were just beautifully put together in this movie, and the way that they their characters interacted. I mean, they just fed off each other. It was awesome, um, and you could feel the improv in there too. You know what I mean? Um, and like you said, Mark, between the start at the furniture store and then the, the trip and then the chaos during the trip and the things that, that go on. And there are just so many jokes and then the crab scene. And I don't want to spoil that. And then there was just what one thing after the next. And you'd be like, okay, they're just checking off all the boxes of a good comedy. And we don't get for, many good comedy. For reference to like, to me, to me, this was like, it's silly. It's stupid. Like silly, everything's yes. egregious. It was, but it worked. Whatever it was, yes. it comes together and it worked for this movie. Um, the, like the wrong Missy, like in ways that the wrong Missy was bad and didn't work. This movie worked, and like that's it's like that's all I could think of when this movie ended. I was like this. I was like on par. Like we looked at these, like just on paper, you'd be like, these are the same movies. These are both going to be equally terrible. No, friend, Barb and Star might work. You read my mind. I finished this movie and literally thought, I loved this. I was like, the guys are totally going to think this is like the wrong Missy. And I almost texted it to you guys. And I was like, 
I can't because then if they have the wrong Missy going into their heads into this movie, it could mess with them. So I didn't do that. But I'm so glad you said that because you're right. Everywhere the wrong Missy struck out, this mo- this movie hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought they made it work. with with um, Even though, I mean, the complaints, I did also think that a lot of the jokes were too long, too played out, should have moved on. But it's supposed to be. Yeah, I I, you know I understand. I, mean? I get that because sometimes even Family Guy will do it too. Sometimes the joke comes back, and it works. Yes. Where it's like they lose you, and then it gets funny again when they bring it back. But that I mean, that's definitely going to be a complaint with this one. But I felt like it was very aware of what this was. It was very just very funny in in how they they portrayed things. Jamie Dornan, um, him in this type of role, this was great for him. I hope that this brings him back a little bit because the Shades of Grey stuff really didn't work for a lot of people. They they get like a bad taste in their mouth because of this. So I'm hoping that uh, with the performance like this, you know, he kind of evens the odds a little bit for him. Like He was good. He was funny. I will say that the consistency of jokes I appreciated. So jokes that were in the beginning follow through the whole movie. Jokes made in a random one-liner and you're like, I never think I would think about that again in the movie, get brought back. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And Mark, I think you know why, but I will end with two things. My score, which I gave originally an eight out of 10, I bumped it up to an eight and a half out of 10 because I really do not only like this movie, I know I'm going to go back and rewatch it because I laughed a lot. I even think I laughed so hard that I missed some of the jokes. So I want to see it again. And Mikhail was right there with me. She was like, oh my God, I love this movie. Um, and my second thing I'm going to go out on is Trish. Oh, Trish. It's Trish. It's Trish. <laughs> I love, I love it. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's so good. It. When you it. see it, you'll get it. Uh, I gave this a, a three and a half out of five. Um, three and a half stars out of five on my letterbox. This is a seven out of 10. To me, this is a watchable in the best way. Um, it's just, it's silly. It's fun. It, not much more has, has to be said about this. You don't have to pay too much attention to it. You will miss some jokes. Um, the, the piano guy that I was talking about is Richard Cheese. I guess he, he's very popular uh, within the circuit. What he does is he swankifies songs he's like a jazz pianist at like a like a swanky lounge and he'll swankify like pretty much any popular song if you look him up he's got ice ice baby wop the lounge version old <laughs> road he was hysterical in this movie every he time he so popped good. Up, every time he popped up i laughed so yes i mean i i recommend this movie if I, you're in the mood for a lighthearted comedy i'd watch it it's watchable in the best way possible it's it's good i mean it's not great but it's good yeah. And Mark, I mean, even the lyrics he makes for those yeah, songs so are just so funny. Like, you're like, okay, I get the joke, but then you're like, oh my God, wait, no, these are really funny lines in this song. <laughs> he had one, like, this isn't even a spoiler. He goes, all right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll come back to you. And he just goes like this. And he goes, all right, and we're back. <laughs> I mean, it's silly stuff like that. It's light, lighthearted fun. What's not to like, guys? It, it's really not bad. I couldn't believe that I liked it. I know you're probably thinking the same thing. It, if you get the opportunity to watch it, I would. It's not bad. I'm very much looking forward to doing so. I am. I, I'm excited to watch this movie. You guys, I can't wait to be in on the jokes. 
You'll really appreciate it. You really will. That's probably honestly going to be the first thing you text us. Yeah, actually, there's something during the movie. I think you'll text me first or us. And I hope it's one of the songs (laughs) because it's one that I can't get out of my head. And I honestly chuckle every now and then thinking about it. I'm barred up. Mark, I'll text you. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I mean, please do. Well, I'm excited to seeing it. Let's move on to our next segment, Good, Bad, Watchable, where we each pick a movie that was good, a movie that was bad, and a movie that was watchable this past week. My last two weeks, you know, since our last episode. It's Good, Bad, and Watchable. A minute on the clock. Who wants to start? Boyle will start. Let's put a minute on the clock for Boyle. On your mark, get set, and go. First one on HBO Max is King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. It's part his real life, part not, I guess. Um, and it was I thought it was really good. You know, you're getting Pete Davidson for who he is. You're getting a little inside scoop of his life in parts. And it was funny and entertaining. Great performances by the supporting actors as well. Uh, Bill Burr and his mom, Marissa Tose. I, I, I can't Tomei. 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 All right, Tomei. So um, oh. why don't I do names? So yeah, amazing. <laughs> so amazing uh, performances, but the one that took it for the, you know, this week, you know, this episode, two weeks for me, tr- the trial of the Chicago seven on Netflix. Oh my God. It was so good. Fast paced jumps right in five minutes in, you know, every character what's going on. I loved this and it was absolutely amazing. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I hope it wins awards and everything. It was it was very well done. Bravo. I got a minute for Boyle. Good job. That was impressive. Impressive. I was I was going off for Oz's countdown. <laughs> Mark, minute for you. Take it away whenever you're ready. All right, boys, get ready. Hold on, let me pull up my uh, my notes. Where are we ready? Three, two. Whew, I got to finally watch Saint Maud, which has been highly touted as one of the uh, um, like greatest horror achievements in recent memory. This is this it it was good. I really liked it. I gave this an eight out of ten. I've been waiting to see this for a long time, ever since I heard about it. Um, it's available for rent. It's a psychological thriller slash horror. Um, it really isn't the type of movie that you think. It's going to be. Um, I think the acting is is pretty good. This is more of a character study than anything else. The cinematography really gives this its scary edge. They don't rely on cheap jump scares or visual effects. Um, at times, it can make you cringe. Again, this is for horror fans. This is for my my horror fans strictly. But uh, if you can watch this one, I highly recommend it. One of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. Eight out of ten for rental. Done. Bang. 59 seconds. seconds. My watch. I have uh, a good movie. Minute on the clock. I'm not going to need it. And go. Um, Endgame from the Avengers. Ever heard of it? Good. <laughs> Took me three minutes to watch it. Turns out pretty good. I would uh, recommend it to the three of you who have not seen it. Um, not just in our <laughs> audience, just in the globe in general. Uh, movie made over $2 billion. So, Pretty good. You know what's crazy to think about? I'm going to spend the next 10 seconds to think about this. It made 2 point something billion. That means there are billions more people on the planet who did not see Endgame. 
That's kind of crazy to think about. Like even if every person who saw it spent a dollar, that's not even close to half the percentage of the world. Something to think about. Okay, that's enough for me. All right, now on to our bad. Uh, I'd like to start and I'd like to uh, motion to give me two minutes because I had no watchables this past two weeks. And you can eat my bad uh, blank spot. So go for it. I have complaints, gentlemen. I've got a lot of them. I saw bad movies since we last spoke and I watched these. So you guys didn't have to. I'm going to put two minutes on the clock for this one. Rojas, play my theme music. And let it rock. Okay, guys, I saw Tom and Jerry on HBO. I love those commercials. Uh, I love that cartoon. Uh, oh, my God, this was horrible. It was terrible. I can't. I barely made it through it. The, the acting was, was just bad. There, there was no laughs to be had. There was no, the plot, nothing. There was such a talented cast. There was like, I mean, I had decent hype. I didn't have, I didn't think it was going to be gone with the wind. I, I wasn't like, you know, expecting something life-changing, but I thought I was going to be entertained. Uh, kind of like, kind of like what happened with Barb and Star. I thought it was going to be light, fun, some good jokes, nothing. This is horrible. This movie is very bad. Skip it. Skip it. I watched it so you don't have to. I also watched uh, Save Yourselves on Hulu. Um, for those of you that have HBO Max, there's a popular series uh, that I cruise right through. It's called, um, uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. There's like the, this core group of um, HBO actors that, that go through it. Save yourselves with that. Aliens like invade Earth. It looks like silly and dumb. It looked like it was going to be fun. Don't. Two stars. Skip it right away. Uh, finally, Frozen Ground. Nicolas Cage. John Cusack. Um, based on a true story, I really thought I was going to like it. Um, they somehow made a serial killer, like true story thriller, unwatchable and boring. I'm out. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't do it. And it pains me to say that about Nicholas Cage. I just wouldn't do it. All right. That's my two minutes. Call it. I love wow. that you, you defended your guy there. Um, I love that you didn't even use your two minutes. You're my hero. Look, one minute, 43 <laughs> what is it uh under promise over deliver that's the marxist away um that's just what it is, is <laughs> exactly. boyle what is I your bad mind. what's your bad this week is this what i think okay. it is i think so okay i don't know i don't know how i would know does it <laughs> rhyme with thinking? does it rhyme with freddie lurphy <laughs> okay oh, spoiler just kidding. All right, Boyle, put it on the middle of the clock for our guy. Take it away whenever. All right. Give me the signal, Mark. Three, two. Hopefully, I'm going to try to do this in a thousand words or less. On Netflix <laughs> with Eddie Murphy, produced by Nicolas Cage. What? Yes, he produced this movie. Couldn't believe that. That was in the reviews from somebody else, and it just made me crack up. This was a movie... I almost put his watchable to be honest and then threw it in the bad because I felt like I just needed one. I haven't had a bad in over two episodes now. So I was like, I'll try to use this. Um, it was just honestly one of those like 2000s like family style films with like some adult humor in there. Kind of didn't know what it wanted to be. Um, and like it was cute. 
it, it's probably a good background movie. Uh, Mikhail and I watched it as like a movie movie and it kind of threw me off. I was like, I need a little something else after this. And I think I even fell asleep at the end, but I rewatched the end and it was, it was okay. Like I, I liked what happened. It was all right, but it just wasn't anything wonderful. So I had to kind of teeter it down towards the bad done. Heard it's not good. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't seen that movie myself. Heard it's not good. It just, I it's weird. Um, I literally sat here. I had to contemplate that movie for like ten minutes before we started. I was stuck on it. I can't believe you had to think about it. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. That's well. That's the thing. And I actually put that in my letterbox review. Is it was like one of those that I just could not. I I like honestly. I wanted to put it as a watchable, but like I wouldn't tell you two to go watch it. Like I was like, ah, it, it's a, it's a total skipper, whatever. It doesn't matter if you see it or not. Um, Thank you. But it was still okay if you do watch it. So it's like that line. And then I figured I'll just throw it in the beds. I got nothing else to put down there. <clears throat> yeah. No so, intentions of seeing that. I, I'm excited to read Boyle. Boyle, you did a quite a few reviews on your letterbox. So I'm excited to go uh, look at that later. My, I'm just going to jump right into my watchable and look, it's, it's up for debate. Uh, some people think this movie's bad. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Captain Marvel on Disney Plus. I rewatched it. The first time rewatching it, uh, since I saw Endgame. I remember being at the time a little bit disappointed by Captain Marvel, but still being entertained by the movie. This time I was much more entertained because of knowing what I know to not expect that much from the movie. I'm doing a horrible job selling this movie. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> I, there is way too much going on in this movie. But from the stuff that I did like feel like I clicked with, I really clicked with much more this time. That's all I have to say about that. Captain Marvel. Disney. Yeah. I'm done. Good. I I got so mad at Rojas when he told me this. That he told me that he bumped his score after the rewatch. I was so mad that I took to the notes app. Yep. That I will read aloud for our, our listeners. <laughs> Because I was, I was of this misjustice. I hated it. All right, my notes on Captain Marvel. I'm just going to read them off. There's not going to be any emotion behind this. I said what I said, and I mean it. And I'm gonna, I mean every line of this. Ah, Captain Marvel acts like people are holding her back when she refuses to follow basic safety procedures during high risk activities. Most, uh, most prevalent example is uh, the high rope climb. Disregards it. There's plenty of jokes. Not all great but some solid ones. I laughed a couple times. This follows the formula. Flaws equal weakness. Failure equals incompetence. Personality equals unpredictability, which all equal bad. So she has no flaws, no failures, or personality. That means it's good. Captain Marvel never appears to be in any danger of failing and literally turns into Superman by the end of the movie and saves the entire world. Brie Larson's acting wasn't great. No consistency to her character. In one scene, she can go from cold and stoic to dry and wisecracking. Inconsistent emotional tone. Who is Carol Danvers? I don't know. The injustice done to Nick Fury's character. The memory comes and goes when the plot needs it to. Ben Mendelsohn. Yay! Bravo, sir. Great job acting. Guilty of formulaic template um, Marvel movies. Towards the end, we, we started to uh, understand the formula they were following, and we got that. You could skip this and miss nothing of value for Endgame. Those are my thoughts. Okay, yeah. and then to bounce off that one, I just even thought of this on the spot, and I thought, wouldn't it have been a better ploy if 
Captain Marvel just showed up in Endgame with no prior movie, destroyed that ship, and then gave her a movie in the next phase? Your answer is yes, that would have been a better ploy because her movie had no relevance to anything. They actually, it was actually misleading because of the whole cruel thing that they tried to throw you at the end of the movie. So you're trying to get all these theories and stuff. And meanwhile, ties in not at all and doesn't matter besides giving her an origin movie, which it really could have done if she just showed up, blew the ship up. You're like, oh my God, who's that? Only the people who needed to know would have known. And you could have been like, dude, that's Captain Marvel. And then she could have gotten a video, a movie later. Like it really, and no matter Captain America, I mean, Captain Marvel, we just didn't need. I just don't think she did anything. I said so, my piece. I said my piece. Two things. <laughs> One, it's uh, it's scroll. Um, scroll. Because there's Cree and Scroll. Yeah. yeah. Two, I hear you. I respect everybody's opinions on this. Trust me. This is where I differ from my Marvel fandom in that I rewatching it and I completely withdrew this from the MCU in terms of because that whole time we were waiting to see it, we were like, all right, how's this going to set up? Because I, I bought into the boil Kool-Aid of how is this going to set up the next movie? You know, and a lot of times the MCU, it, things do set up the next movie or advance the thing. Rewatching this again, free of the shackles of thinking that it had to tie into Endgame, much more enjoyable to just be like this like Carol Danvers movie. Um, and then the next day, you know, WandaVision, we get uh, dialogue from Captain Marvel. I was pumped. I was like, wow, great timing on this. Score one for Nick. Uh, score 25 for the other guys, but put Rojas on the board here. Um, it's 25 to one. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, I could I, see that. I could see if it's you because I it. wasn't expecting like this time around. I'm like, I'm not looking for any, like, all right, how's this tie in end game? Like it is just it. And now look, that's a problem. I think with some of the way that Marvel produced some of this stuff is that a movie like Captain Marvel should not have been a phase three movie. It should have been like a phase one or two. You got to introduce her way earlier because it was way too late in the game to have an origin movie. Let's be honest. Yep. Uh, yep. All of phase three is all sequels yep. uh, with the exception of that and Black Panther. But Black Panther, we got a decent amount of in Civil War. You know? I mean, the worst part was it literally the end of Infinity War um, when the the beepers going off and you're like, whoa. And you just had this such hope. And then they like, I was just there was no connections and stuff. It just didn't make sense. So you, but you know what? Right. Though, that has nothing to do with this movie. But at the time, it's hard to separate that. Yeah, because the last thing we see is a beeper, and like you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. So it's it. I totally get it, guys. I totally get it. And that was way longer than a minute. And I apologize. No, it's worth it's worth it. Uh, Mark, you took away your watchable. So boiled. Now you have your watchable. Okay. All right, ready? Um, let me just let me just set up because I actually need the background um, of what this movie is, so that I don't think many people know what this movie is. Um, this poster seconds. is very risque, boy. I honestly okay. Wow, I'll, I'm going to try to ex explain this as quick as I can. <laughs> Tell uh, me when. All right, boy. Go in three, two, one, go.
All right. So I saw on Netflix Middlemen, which is a 2009 American drama uh, created by George Gallo and written by Gallo and Andy Weiss. And Luke Wilson is the star of this, um, followed by a couple other people in there. And it's basically about the experiences of Christopher Malick, who um, basically created like the Internet billing companies, Paycom and ePassport. The long story of it is these companies that, you know, didn't want to show that their bills were basically doing things that they shouldn't be there. You know, when people were um, buying, you know, online for um, the porn industry, basically, and how it could come up on their bills. And they were trying to create a middleman where payments wouldn't come up as saying that and it would just say something else. Uh, So this is about Luke Wilson kind of comes in to try to help these two idiots who came up with a brilliant idea, but they were crazy cocaine addicts and they couldn't handle anything. So Luke Wilson's trying to help them with the Russian mob because they get involved. And it was honestly a pretty enjoyable movie. Like I, I walked out with a six out of 10. I thought Luke Wilson had an amazing performance. Um, some things, it just kind of, you take what it is movie. This was my dishwashing movie of the week. So that's your review. Thanks for oh, the official Nick Boyle, dishwashing movie of the week. I like, I like that. <laughs> Nick Boyle, boo, 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 dishwashing movie of the week. week, week bubbles, week. bubbles up the screen. <laughs> I'm in the sink. Amazing. Um, okay, all right. Where where'd you watch this, Boyle? Just for, so people know. Netflix. Netflix. Thank so you. So here's the thing. It was randomly like when it's like top trending like over a month or two ago when like Netflix didn't have anything for like a week or two. It was really weird. Um, This movie like just came up in the feed and I was like, middleman, why does I, why do I feel like I've seen that? And then I watched the trailer and I was like, all right, I'm in Luke Wilson. Let's check it out. So that's why it was a perfect while I'm doing dishes stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like in trance, like I could not stop watching. It's only an hour and a half hour, 40 minutes or something. So I was like, it's a quick banger outer. So then I'm like doing laundry. I'm, I'm finishing watching. It. I was like, I can't stop. I need to know how this ends. So yeah, I got to give it a watchable. All right. Uh, well, Mark, you had a quick little bonus section for a rewatch. I did. What'd you, what'd you think? So for, uh, you know, my rewatchable, uh, I watched this today while I prepared dinner right before a meeting. Horrible Bosses was on the movie channel. Um, as I was cooking, still funny, funny every single time, boys. I mean, what a cast! It's got Boyle's boy, Jason Sudeikis. Um, I mean, top to bottom, I forgot how like star started that cast was. It's funny, it's great. Like, um, that's a good rewatch. Well, if you're if you're in a jam, maybe like trying to do a, a group watch with some friends, want to make sure you put on something decent. Horrible bosses, test of time, boys. Still good. Just quickly, uh, when's the next time we get that much money put into a comedy? Could be a long time. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like what was the budget for Barb and Star? That had a solid production, good cast, good cameos. Well, according to IMDb, uh, the the potential box off. Uh, sorry, the box office was thirty five million. Um, uh, sorry, apologies. The budget for Horrible Bosses was $35 million, and that was probably mostly in the cast. It made $28 million in its opening weekend. It ended up making $117 million, and, that, and worldwide grossed $209 million. So that's and that's for an R-rated comedy. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think Barb and Star was – If All right. Who wants to guess? I'll look it up. 
Who wants to guess how much Barbasaur no was made for? I have no idea. I Boyle? would say, mm, like how much how much it costs to make this? Yeah. So can I have an estimate of what a movie like this might cost? I don't Harbo, know. Harbo I Bosses was made for thirty five million dollars in twenty eleven. I was gonna. So I don't know if I had to guess. Marvin Star, based on their their cast was pretty loaded too. Like I don't know, maybe forty five million. I would guess based upon hmm, twenty million. Whatever, I'll go twenty million. Uh, well, this is uh, not going to be fun. But there, there's no. I have nothing for you. There's no, there's no, there's no info. Like movies like horrible bosses. Like you could look up the budget for it. Uh, I can't imagine the movie, like a movie like this, the budget was uh, higher than 10 million. I just don't think they're putting money into movies anymore. I mean, if you don't have to, why would you? Yeah. You know, um, I'm not, I can't find it either. Like block, like <laughs> bridesmaids, thirty three million. That came out the same year as Horrible Bosses. Think about that. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, if anybody finds the budget for Barb and Star, like, uh, like that, I would. It. This isn't on a level of Horrible Bosses in terms of studio like marketing for a movie, but it is a, a straightforward comedy that probably would have been released in theaters. So. Oh yeah, and truth. I mean, that's the other thing about it is. So, how do they even make money off of that movie besides the rentals? You know what I mean? It's all like, VOD, man. All VOD. <clears throat> Twenty bucks a pop to rent it right now. That's crazy. They're gonna make no money off of this. It's tough, man. Businesses was hurting before this pandemic, and I, movies like this are going to be hurting even longer. I think movies like Black Widow, people are going to still see in theaters. Movies yeah. like Barb and Star. I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. But it's stuff like this, you know, word of mouth, getting letting people know like, hey, it's worth checking out, you know, stuff like that helps. So that's what they're banking on. Um, we got a few suggestions from people on our Instagram, GBW Pod, about what they've watched lately. Um, I mentioned earlier that Jules Coco had seen it and she wanted me to say uh, that first off, charge everything tonight because we might lose power. So thanks, Jules, for looking out for us. Uh, <laughs> That'll be great when everyone listens to this and like, uh, you know, our dozens and dozens of loyal listeners listening right. in like four days. <laughs> yep. Like, oh, thanks. Wish I knew that. Uh, now I'm eating out of a tuna can on the street. Uh, Jules Coco gave uh, I Care A Lot a 9 out of 10. She said the rollout was terrible. <laughs> Ew, Very high score. She said the rollout terrible ending was just a trick for a great, great ending. Uh, best feeling ever when XXXXX. Um, she said intense, oh, stressed, you name I, it. I said I like the ending. <laughs> I, was, I was happy with the ending. Good. <laughs> well, she, yeah, you and her both. She loved the ending too. Yeah. The ending was fine. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. for a better, like, actual movie, it should have ended earlier, but but was I satisfied with what happened? Yes. Um, we got, uh, well, uh, B Burn 27. What's up? North by Northwest to catch a thief. Gladiator and Unforgiven, just top tier movies. Excellent, yeah, Bob. Choices. What a week, buddy. Good, good job, Bob. Good just for absolutely you. Absolutely ripped it up. I'm insane. I'm over here just trying to <laughs> convince people that Captain Marvel was decent. You're watching bangers. Uh, Haley Clark, 
Haley Clark watched I Care A Lot uh, with an exclamation mark. So it seems like she liked it. And Framing Britney Spears, which I think my whole family yeah. has seen except for me. I want to know next on the list. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll get around to it. Jules Coco watched uh, Behind Her Eyes. It's a series, but it's on Letterboxd. So it counts. And then she did the This Face. So that's how you know she she's legit. Um, yeah, we talk about shows on here all the time. Are you guys going to watch that Netflix documentary about the uh, woman disappearing in the hotel, the Cecil Hotel? I, I did was, watch it. I was out in LA when that happened. I just remember hearing the story oh. about her b- being found. So I, I watched it and that was wildly disappointing. That's why I, I, I watched the first episode. I was like, all I right. watched all of the episodes and they're oh. bad. Bad. Didn't like it. Yeah. Look, uh, I was running muck, ran astray, bamboozled. When when your big thing is you have an elevator video and then the final result, that doesn't make for a four episode Netflix. No, series. yeah, it was a big waste of time. I I just skipped that because it's not what you expect in a bad way. <laughs> we, we don't like that. This we isn't surprises a- on this pod, but we don't welcome surprises like that. We're like this this stinks. <laughs> this just- is fun. A throwback to 2020 for everybody. Uh, if you do want to watch a fun documentary series, McMillions. That was fun. I like that one. Uh, I did. I actually had a, a big um, show watching uh, past couple of weeks. I got through Sherlock on BBC uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, very good for like the first two seasons. And then like it kind of unravels. Each episode is really long too. I don't know if that's like a British thing. Well, like the runtime's like an hour twenty, so they're like they're like short movies. Each episode that falls off a clip in terms of quality, but I really liked how it started. Um, and then last night I started The Crown. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It racks up in the awards, so uh, I'm like I'm three episodes in, and I like it. So if you need a show, I mean I, I'm into this one. It's fine with me. I'm very excited for you to be part of the Crown Hive. Mark, uh, in people yeah. love it. People love it. So I can't get in. I was going to say, I know, uh, Michaela started trying to watch it and she was like, I can't, I can't get into it. And I was like, if anyone that's the per alley too. And I was just, I can't, there's other good things I want to get to and other series rewatches or movies I've never seen. I'm like, sometimes there's some shows I just got to say, I'm not getting to them. Isn't that like funny? You're just like, look, I I could live to be 89. I just know I'm never. I'm gonna die, not watching this show. <laughs> you know, you know what happened. <laughs> Pretty much, and you know what, <laughs> you know what it probably was for me too. To be honest, was I've seen, and this is an awful comparison, but I'm gonna do it. Oh so, God, where's this hate going? Hate me, all my haters. Um, I've seen Downton Abbey, and like I was okay with that, and I kind of got bored of that pretty quickly too. So I can't really expect that the crown's going to make me like interested as well. I don't know if that's like correct to say or whatever, but it just like, it reminds me of that. And I just don't care enough to, it's hard enough for me to understand like old English and stuff. Like well, I, Olivia have Wilde's to... in the crown. We like Olivia. Wilde. I know, but it no, does... not Olivia Wilde. Olivia. What's her name? Coleman. Yeah. You, I, I know what you meant. Olivia Coleman. Yeah. I know. And I just, I don't know. I just don't care. That's that's one of those areas that I know Boyle doesn't like. Yeah, I, also, I just can't. Yeah. I don't seek those out. 
No. I think it's because I've never, I was like, I've started to appreciate and like history a little bit more now, Mm. but I just don't really care about some parts of it. And that's just a part of history. I just, well, something that people don't know about Boyle is he actually grew up in an English cottage in the 1840s. So it's like, it's like, it's too unrealistic for him. He doesn't really. Yeah. It's like, I lived it. I don't need to watch it. You know, there is, uh, what was it? The, um, a series that I've tried to get into twice now and still haven't been able to pull the trigger, but might the third time around, I might do it this time because I saw one of my favorite actors um, in like a poster or something. Peaky Blinders. That's awesome. Tried. Yeah. I have tried and I just, I don't know. I like my criminals to be, I guess, Italian. I don't know what it is. I just couldn't get into it, um, even though it's not a good look for. <laughs> for me and my people but i try i'm I like i'm watching i'm just like ah, not doing it for me but then i saw a poster with anya taylor joy on it and i might have to just power through like seasons and seasons of this show until just i get <laughs> so I can watch her because i'm a big fan of her work so, uh, just, even though I know that they're it's on uh, it's streaming, I could just picture Mark with like a whole pile of VHS tapes, just keep putting in tapes for the next episode. Like, come on, this is the one you're in. I know it. No, uh, another one. She's not in. I can't, I can't skip to her episode because then I'll miss plot points and I won't get it. So, so I got. I'm just gonna be watching it like this. Be like, bro, take just the tape out. <laughs> just wrap all around them. I. <laughs> Just uh, Mark, uh, uh, Julia sent me this morning Anya Taylor Joy's uh, outfit from Golden Globes. And oh, I was her, all over. I sent I sent you guys that this morning. You did, and yep. well, she sent it. She sent something to me. She's like, "Oh, no wonder you like her so much. She's uh, Latina." And I was like, "You got me confused with someone else because that's Mark's girl. I yeah. I can't lay claim to Anya Taylor Joy. Like that's yeah, she, she's skyrocketed up my uh, I, love of my life that I've never met sky, uh, rankings." I was like digging really? through files and like my notes. I was like, have I mentioned Anya Taylor-Joy ever to Julia? And the answer is <laughs> no. The conversations begin and end with the ga- Queen's Gambit. I was like, that's Mark's guy. Uh, that's Mark's girl. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been all over. I was like, I like her work. I think she's a phenomenal actress. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would take her out for a nice seafood dinner. There I said it. Mark knows a lot of great places around town. That's just a fact. Well... This is another great episode. I'm going to split them into two episodes. Uh, I, I, Marcus Rojas said, hey, uh, listen to the episode where you said no one gave you feedback, so I'm just going to text you feedback. Uh, the two episodes was cool. So thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it. Cool. Uh, thanks to everybody for sharing your thoughts on the movies. Thanks for tweeting at us, GBWPod, uh, Instagram, same thing. We'll update it eventually. No promises. Uh, Marcus Walsto on Twitter, always sharing his movie thoughts. He warned all of you about Tom and Jerry a few days ago. So follow him on Twitter. Oboil92, he'll share his thoughts from time to time as well. Um, I'm Rojo36. Thank you guys so much. Here's a review from Cookie and Kristen, and we'll see you next time. This is Cookie and... Kristen. And we just saw... One Night in Miami. Starring... Starring Kingsley Ben-Adir, Eli Gorey... Aldous Hodge and Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, I mean, okay, so it's a inspired by true events. It was directed by Regina King. Uh, Regina King. Um, inspired by true events on the evening that uh, Muhammad well, Cassius Clay at the time beat Sonny Liston for the World Heavyweight Championship of the World. 
and how Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Cassius Clay spend the evening in a uh, motel room uh, celebrating the victory. But really, it was about the discussion of political uh, issues that were going on at the time. And their roles in, right. in that, you know, with regards to how they're helping the cause. Yeah, it's, it's a play. And it's inspired by true events, but we don't know if that was whatever actually right, said. Right, because it was obviously private right. conversations mm-hmm. that none of these men mm-hmm. have really come out. And, Not to my knowledge. Yeah. I will say this. Um, the movie started off slow. I mean, really slow. Mm-hmm. And the acting, I felt, was a little subpar. Mm-hmm. However, as the movie progressed and as we had some of your homemade popcorn with the, what do you put on it again? Coconut oil. It is good. Um, as we started munching on that and I had my focus listening to the narrative that was being set forth and the dialogue that these actors were putting together, I mean, it was pretty good stuff. It was pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do some research, you know, some of these things did inspire certain things to happen. Um, you know, Jim Brown retired because he felt oppressed by Art Modell, uh, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, basically wanting to find him if he didn't make it to training camp while he was filming The Dirty Dozen. And Sam Cooke was, uh, was inspired by, um, that song by, by Bob Dylan, by Bob Dylan, exactly. And he was upset that he didn't write it, that a, a black man didn't write a song like that. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's blowing in the wind. Right. And then he ends up writing Change Gonna Come. Which is, you know, one of the great civil rights songs of all time yeah. ever. And I think, uh, Mr. Odom. Yeah. He, uh, does a great job singing. Yeah. I mean, he's from Hamilton. He's right. just, he's right. gifted. He's just, just a great singer. Um, and then the song at the end during the credits speak yeah, now. That's another that's great one. Cool. But if we had to talk about the movie, what did you think about the actual movie itself? Yeah. I think you kind of summed everything up. I think it's in, in, it's an important conversation to have a bird's eye view of mm. because I think to know that even within the black community, there was a, a disagreement a, a, or discussion on what they had as, as responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And w- while we were watching it, you know, I could see you know, the different points of view, obviously, you know, I can't contribute, but, um, you know, I could see Sam Cook's, you know, take on things and his role and how he felt, you know, like he was helping in a different way. And Mm. Malcolm felt everybody needed to be more vocal and Mm. in people's faces and provocative and, and all of that. And if you weren't doing that, then you're not part of the the movement mm-hmm. and and that was maybe not necessarily true i think sam you know although he wasn't able to really enjoy it for many years you know he did things that you know artists in general sometimes are are or i should say a lot of times are taken advantage of mm-hmm. and he wasn't and that for the time and for his, you know, being black, yeah. that was 
huge. Yeah, way ahead, so, of, uh, way ahead of, the, of his time. I think, you know, you can't discount that as being part of, you know, the movement yeah. in a different way. So it was a good movie to see um, towards the end here of Black History Month. But yeah. overall... I would recommend people watch this movie. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it starts off slow. I thought the acting was, I think Michael Imperioli, a little overacting there at the beginning. The Muhammad Ali, you know, the little overacting there too. Though I know it's tough because he is such a huge character. Yeah. You feel like you have to act big. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to give it a seven. I think overall, yeah, the message comes through yep. in the second half of the movie. Yep. It is a play. Yeah, I think listeners know that I'm not a big fan of movies that are just set in one place. And this, for the most part, about 85% of the movie is in that hotel room. And right. To me, it kind of... And I think it, it's just to show that there's no one that could have, you know, come out and said, oh, yeah, I saw them. This is what they were saying. Right. They were all on their own, except for the two guards outside yeah. they were on their own so right. well i give it a seven what about you so seven. it's a three and a half yeah all right okay all, all right. right bye bye